Good morning. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock. Coming up this morning on the program, Andrew Thornbrook is going to be with us from the Epic Times talking about the tumult in the Middle East and where um, where Israel stands. It's going to be a bit, bit complicated because, um, well, there's some people saying rush in and others saying not to. But we'll cover that ground with him. Professor Emeritus Ramapo College of Economics uh, is uh, is going to be with us, Professor Murray Sabrin. Uh, we'll talk about the state of the economy. We are going to kick the program off, however, with uh, Secretary of State uh, for the State of Missouri, Jay Ashcroft, having nothing to do with any campaign uh, or political uh, purpose. It is just that he is the Secretary of State, and I'm interested in knowing what he thinks about what's going on. Mr. Secretary, welcome. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, it's always a, always a pleasure. Um, so let's, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the strong suits of any economy is manufacturing. I mean, it's, it's great if you've got a high-tech alley, and, and, but really manufacturing has been the, the bread and butter uh, f- for any state. Where do we stand? Are we are we good with with manufacturing jobs, uh, or are they all going to you know college campuses and uh, professorships? Where where are we creating jobs, and how are we doing with manufacturing? You know, we've actually seen some resurgence in manufacturing. Uh, if you look at 2010, Missouri had about 32 billion dollars in manufacturing. Now we're up around $42 billion, so we are moving in the right direction, just not as quickly as we should. And you're right. Manufacturing is is a fundamental uh, thing because when you need products, if, if you can't trade for them, you got to know that you can make them. And uh, we saw that during COVID where the supply lines were messed up, where people were being told they just couldn't get a hold of stuff. We need manufacturing here in Missouri. So, um, you know, what is, is if I were opening a, a plant, if I were going to manufacture something, um, as those of us who have studied economics know, widgets are the universal uh, manufacturing <laughs> product of all time. I would go to a state like Texas, Florida. Uh, they've, you know, it's great for shipping. Uh, there's no income tax to worry about. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good business environment. Why would I come to Missouri? Um, Missouri is very good for logistics. Uh, when you look at our rail, when you look at um, our transportation network of highways, where we're uh, located in the country, we're working on doing intermodal with regard to our inland waterways so that we can have products that are shipped from overseas directly to ports in Missouri or once we've moved uh, containers from one ship to another and brought them up the Missouri River. So logistics and transportation are very good. Our electricity prices are very good, but we have to be concerned with what the EPA is doing. They're trying to shut down more and more uh, coal plants and legacy plants, and we want to make sure that Missouri continues to have low energy prices and exports power so that we're in control. We have uh, a great workforce of ability that are are well-trained. We have space for people to, to put in projects. We'd love to see us get a little bit less on the regulatory burden, love to see us cut taxes, and uh, right to work would definitely be helpful. But uh, there are a lot of things in Missouri's favor, but there's still things we could be doing better. Uh, The uh, Republicans may have 
<laughs> selected as speaker. Uh, it's about time. Why do you think you know, it was so challenging to pick someone uh, to lead the uh, the House of Representatives? Well, there's been a lot of change with regard to parties and, and what parties believe in the last 20 or 30 years. Um, the Republican Party has always been a party that's based on the idea, or at least says they're based on the idea, uh, that we want to let people make up their own decisions and live their own lives more often than not. Um, well, when you have a party that's based on letting people make their own decisions, you're going to have people with all sorts of different ideas, different things they're focused on. And, of course, when you have such a slim majority, when everyone has to be in lockstep and agreement, we're Republicans. We love to be able to complain. We think it's our right as Americans to say we should do things differently. You, know, you make it sound like herding cats, but if you have a, a set of <laughs> principles that you believe in, um, th then shouldn't everybody get on board with let's reduce, let's really reduce the size of government, let's really lower taxes, let's get the debt under control. I mean, everybody should agree with those in your party, but apparently they all, uh, they're not all on that same page. Is that a joke? I, I thought maybe, or are we talking about Washington, D.C. politicians? I mean, <laughs> they, they don't have that. They're there, unfortunately, for power, position, and prestige. And we see that all the time with them saying one thing and voting a different way. That's, that's why so many people are apathetic about politics. They're afraid their vote doesn't matter because whoever they vote for, they're going to do things that aren't for the people. They're for the individual that got elected. If you just turn the radio on, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is uh, on the phone with us. And uh, let's let's give a, a little conversation here, because I know we touched on this last time you were on the program. But this uh, caucus thing, because uh, I keep getting messages about it. Uh, why? Who? Well, let's start with who. Who, who decided to use the caucus system instead of uh, the regular the regular primary route? Um, there was an election bill that I had worked with. It passed the House. It got over to the Senate, and the Senate required that as part of that bill going forward that we move to the caucus instead of having the primary. Um, I was all in favor of picking one or the other. For several cycles, Missouri has had both a primary election, or what I would call a presidential preference primary, and a caucus, and I thought it was disingenuous if you're going to have a primary, that should actually make the decision instead of just being something you tell people to participate in and then make the real decision in smoke-filled back rooms. So you're ultimately doing both? Um, we have been doing both for like the last five presidential cycles. And uh, several years ago, I started saying we should only do one. If we're going to have a presidential primary, it should actually pick the delegates. The people's vote should count. Um, I think maybe 20% of the time, maybe slightly less, that we've had both. They've ignored what the primary said and picked different delegates. And I just think if you're going to hold an election, the people have to make the decision. So this year, the Senate decided, uh, and we are going to have a caucus. That will be how the delegates to the national conventions where we nominate the candidates are decided. So are we saving the state of Missouri money? Yes and no. Uh, it saves the state about $10 million 
by not having the primary every four years, but I'm pretty sure that that just means they wasted on something else. <laughs> All right, so they, they're going to do a little cost shifting with the money you saved them. <laughs> uh, that does not surprise me. So what's the downside? Is there a downside to this? I don't see a downside to this. I think that the, the, the upside of a caucus system is that uh, a lot of if you do participate, you're, you'll have uh, outsized uh, sway in what happens because a lot of people don't do the caucus. It's, I think, better at making sure that people truly are of the party they say they are when they want to participate. So you only have Republicans voting for Republicans, Democrats for Democrats, and so on. Uh, on the downside, I think there are concerns with the ability to have a caucus and make sure that our uh, young men and women that Uncle Sam has sent across the world to defend us can participate. But um, other than that, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And I would encourage every Missourian to participate. Well, that all makes sense to me. Uh, I want to ask you something that uh, kind of starts off at the federal level and then uh, trickles down to the state level. We're $33 trillion in debt and, and just spending like mad dogs. And I talk about this all the time because global warming is not the existential threat. Even uh, radical uh, Islam isn't the existential threat. It's that damn debt. And, you know, we just heard... Uh, Janet Yellen tell us, hey, we can afford to fight, uh, you know, give money to Israel, give money to Ukraine, uh, while we're spending all this other money everywhere. If, the, if, if they continue to spend at that rate, what's going to happen here in the state of Missouri? If, if they uh, just let this inflation run rampant, is this going to hurt our economy directly or indirectly? What, what happens? It is a direct attack on uh, people and on their finances. I was just at the grocery store last night. I am cheap. I wanted to splurge on my kids and have a two-liter bottle of soda, and I always get the knockoff, generic, cheapest brand I can find. Used to always be able to get it for 99 cents. Now it's uh, $1.45. That's happening with everything people buy and consume. Uh, and beyond that, we're going to default. I've come to the conclusion that there is never going to be the discipline in Washington, D.C. to stop that. And I think that's going to be catastrophic when that happens. And if we have so much money, how come we can spend it on other people and we can't spend it on securing our border? Every dollar we spend, every dollar the federal government spends is taking change out of your pocket. If they don't have the money in taxes, they're creating the money that's the most devastating, sneaky tax hike uh, that exists. Uh, all right, um, Mr. Secretary, thank you. Sound a little, are, are you in your office? I am not. I'm uh, down in Joplin, Missouri, going to be heading to a factory tour. Uh, Owens Corning has a factory in Joplin and just wanted to, to go and visit with leadership there, see the tour, see what Missouri could be doing better to create more opportunity for good manufacturing jobs like this for the people of Missouri. All right. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, thank you, sir, for being with us. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Uh, Brian uh, Biden is uh, apparently going to speak at the White House here. Una momento. I saw that, yeah. I can't wait to hear how Mumbles uh, handles this. <laughs> Mumbles. 
We'll uh, we'll check in see if we can get that audio. Also, apparently, this new cell phone law is kicking in, and it really is irritating the hell out of me. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. America has an Adderall shortage, and it's driving ADHD patients to use methamphetamines. Wow. Who would have thought if you couldn't get the pharmaceutical you want that you would possibly go to a black market? No, that would never. That uh, All right, maybe it happens all the time. <laughs> well, people... Government makes me crazy. And now the, the administration wants to ban menthol cigarettes. How stupid are these people? How absolutely stupid and arrogant are these people? Like the war on drugs, like the war on alcohol, like the war on poverty. Uh, they're constantly trying to make your life, you know, even if you're, if you're not living your life the way they want you to, they're going to make you do it. The arrogance of these people. Well, uh, Gary, if I could interject for a moment, I'm sorry to, like, jump in the middle of your show, but you just don't understand that the Food and Drug Administration is trying to protect people and pre- prevent children from becoming the next generation of smokers to, to help <laughs> and smokers. To, to help adult smokers quit. So by doing this, that will end smoking of menthol cigarettes. Don't you understand anything? You know, when they shut down Dunkin' Donuts because they're serving food with sugar in it, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll recognize that... Well, we need to ban sugar, too, now that you mention it. Yeah. But, you know, the logic is we're trying to protect... So you live longer. It's none of your business how long I live. It's none of your damn business... Whether I smoke or drink or use drugs, it's none of your damn business. Don't help me. Stop protecting me from my own behavior. All right, so maybe I only live to 75 instead of 77, but I enjoyed myself along the way. It's You're saving your... the government money. What is? By you passing away quicker. Oh, yeah, saving the government money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they should say, go ahead and smoke, please. It's none of their damn business. God, these people. You know, I'm not kidding. I'm really irritated at the stupidity of all this. Really irritated. And you don't even smoke menthol. No, I don't. But but here's, you know, there's going to be a black market. They're going to create a black market. Somebody will be smuggling cigarettes in. From outside the country, some of them will have, you know, fake packaging. Uh, all ca- The black market will emerge. And then we'll paint them as evil bastards because they're making money selling this killer product. And, and everybody will go along with it. Ignoring the fact that it was none of their business to begin with, that it should have been a legal product to sell. That it's up to you as a parent to try and teach your kids not to smoke. It's not up to the government to punish you if you do. Just leave us the hell alone. Well, this, this kind of thing worked with uh, alcohol. Oh, yeah, that was prohibition. A, yeah, Scarface uh, <laughs> became exceedingly wealthy uh, bootlegging alcohol. 
I, I, I don't even, I don't know where to take it from here. I don't know what to tell you. But if they can, there is no line in the sand here. And that's what people need to understand. It's okay, I don't smoke. It's okay, I don't smoke menthol. It's okay, it'll save their lives. All of that goes out the window when you think about the fact there is no line in the sand. There's no place where it stops. And we've seen that they're willing to go that extra distance. Well, you're drinking too much sugary soft drinks, too many sugary soft We'll raise the prices on it. I mean, that's the step in the, fir the first step in that direction. And there are cities and states around the country that are doing this. We did a Stossel piece a couple of months ago. Uh, and I think it was, um, I think it was in Baltimore. And it was just making people buy soft drinks outside the city limits. It, it wasn't, it, and it was hurting the poor. But there is no line in the sand. If they can say, you can't have menthol because you might, you know, somebody might be a smoker. Then why can't they say you can't have sugar? Will they go after granulated sugar? After all, refined carbohydrates could shorten your life. And they're doing the same thing with uh, flavors with uh, vaping. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, no, that's just, that's too attractive to kids. You can't. Kids' smoking levels went down as vaping levels went up. Anybody who knows anything about the vape uh, world knows that it is a thousand times safer than smoking. But adults don't like flavors. You know, they're only kids. Well, then you and I are two of the oldest kids in the I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I had just arrogant. Uh, I know, I, right? It's good I'm on the radio. And I saw the, this the language article. That, I was like, you've got to be. This is, is this the Babylon Bee? <laughs> no, it's not. And I'll tell you something else. You know who smokes menthols more than anybody else? And I don't know why, but blacks do. Well, that ought to endear them to the Democrats. That may be the only silver lining. They just might vote against the Democrats because of that. I don't know. It's, I won't, look, I'm, I'm in favor of everybody quitting. Smoking isn't healthy. But it should be your choice. It's your damned life. Did you see that uh, statement from Kirsten Cinema? She said, adults are capable of making their own choices, and such rules should be left up to states. Uh, She's a Democrat. Well, she used to be. She's now independent from Arizona. It, it's just it, totally insane. Now we've got a, a woman here in, in Columbia whose husband was killed uh, on the road and pushed for this uh, cell phone electronics thing, uh, banning. I guess her husband was on uh, Grindstone Parkway, um, and a motorist was speeding and on a video chat. Uh, the State Department of Transportation says uh, this, uh, this guy was thrown 120 feet. Horrible, horrible accident. Terrible. Um, but now there's a new law. Uh, took effect on August uh, 28th, prohibits motorists from physically holding or supporting a cell phone. I will tell you why I'm opposed to this next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 935. Glad to have you with us. We were talking about uh, the Democrats trying to ban uh, menthol cigarettes and how stupid that is. It's just not the government's job. Uh, And then we see that uh, there are uh, legislators here in Missouri that want to raise the cigarette tax. Why? Why? Uh, The the Missouri silver-haired legislature calling for a higher cigarette tax? Why? I, I cannot... Can anybody tell me why? I have no idea. Why you would... I, I don't like the idea of sin taxes. It's my life. I get to do with it as I please. It's not up to you to decide how I live it. And if I want to take risks or eat things you don't like, smoke things you don't like, drink things you don't it's none of your damn business. You don't have the right to punish me for it. And why, why would you want to raise taxes on smokers? Oh, I know the, 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 the comment, that, oh, it, it's to save their lives. But we already know that's not their job. And we know that they only do it uh, when they're going after uh, things like tobacco. They don't, they don't do it with sugar and refined carbohydrates. They don't do it when you don't get enough exercise. They don't say, hey, well, you didn't go to the gym three times this week. We're going to have to tax you. Don't give them any ideas. Yeah. No, they don't do that. It's crazy making. And it doesn't save the state money. That's the other argument you'll hear. It doesn't save the state money. I'm going to save my ammo and see if we can get this uh, John Kramer to come on the program. See if he'll come on and explain to me how it is that he has the right to push for higher taxes. And I'm not, again, I'm not in favor of smoking. I'm not promoting it. I don't want people to smoke. But it's their body. Stay the hell out of it. Damn, that's crazy making. All right, so uh, apparently we have this law that, that is, it's here because somebody was uh, holding, playing a video, or doing a video conference while, uh, while driving and hit some guy and killed him, and it's horrible. I don't, I'm not denying, it is, it's, it's terrible. But now we have this convoluted law. Let's go to let's go to the government and see if we can write a law that will stop people from using a, a, a video device or a handheld electronic anything while they're driving. There is already a law that says you're supposed to be in control of your vehicle at all times. If this poor guy who got killed, and it is horrible, I'm not denying that, but if he got killed because the driver of the car dropped a hot coffee in his lap, would you write, uh, would you write a law that says you can't have hot coffee in the car or that you can't hold on to a cup of hot coffee? Of course you would not do that. This is insane. What, you know, it's a terrible incident. I don't deny it. Horrible incident. But it's not necessary to write a law covering everything you could possibly do wrong while you're behind the wheel of a car. One law does it all. 
You must be in control at all times. If you're not, you're accountable. If it's a fender bender, you have to fix it. If it turns into a, uh, a, a, a situation where somebody dies, a fatality, you have to pay the price. You have to suffer the consequences. No, no. We'll do this and it'll stop it from happening. That's a load of Bravo Sierra. It will continue to happen. And a lot of people who aren't going to cause an accident, people who aren't going to be, uh, you know, run over, running people over, they're going to get punished. And they haven't caused a harm. And that's the problem. On sin taxes, Chuck, good morning. Good morning. You know, legislators are so kind and generous and just looking out for us, and they're being so nice. But they're not so nice that they're not willing to make uh, some tax money off of what they say is so bad for us. You know, eventually, I'm sure they will uh, start making money off of our deaths as well. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Never mind. They already do that. <laughs> yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. Oh, Lord. It's... It's just so frustrating to me because people go along with it. And the more we go along with it, the more this... I mean, everybody has sympathy for this poor widow. And I do, too. But that's not reason to write this stupid law. Because now people who aren't causing harm are going to get punished. Well, you remember a few years ago, they uh, had a couple... I mean, I think it was just uh, like two deaths of some like high schoolers or teenagers or whatever that drank some energy drinks and and had some go horribly wrong because of it. They were trying to ban those too, if you remember that. Well, they're it's doing just that. Stupid. There's a, 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 I can't think of the name of the place, a bagel place that has some super lemonade with a lot of caffeine and sugar in it. Um, and somebody is getting, uh, somebody is suing them because uh, someone died drinking it. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Well, I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you right now, if they ever do anything like that with caffeine, uh, the trucking industry is going to literally implode. <laughs> yeah, everybody uh, driving with, with a big mug of coffee. Chuck, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Just enforce the law you've got. And the way the, you know, if it, if the law says you have to be in control of your vehicle at all times, no matter what you do, if you don't cause an accident, if you don't harm someone, you don't get punished. But if you do harm someone, that's when you get punished. By writing these other laws, this, you know, cell phone and all that nonsense, you're going to end up punishing people who aren't causing an accident. And you're doing it because, well, they might cause an accident. That would be like arresting me for having a firearm because I might shoot somebody. Legislators, you, you just, you got to stop. You got to stop writing these laws. The state of Missouri has got a gazillion laws. The federal government doubles up on that. It's a wonder you can even get out of bed in the morning without violating somebody's law. And God help you if you snag the tag off the mattress. 874-9390, toll free 800-529-5572.
it's frustrating. You get behind somebody, they're on their cell phone. It's frustrating. But if they're not causing an accident, they ought not be punished. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 49 minutes after 9 o'clock. Good news, Brian. The UFC has signed a deal with Bud Light, the official partner of the UFC. Yeah, I saw that. Nothing says manly uh, (laughs) to me like Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, yes. I wonder if um, he's going to hop in the ring first, you know, to kind of kick things off. (laughs) <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's, swish. let's get ready to fumble. <laughs> to mambo. Uh, well, you know, there's another side to this. And I, I'm going to throw this out there. If you're going to call on this one, you got to go quickly because uh, we've only got a few minutes. And then uh, Professor uh, Emeritus uh, from Ramapo College, Murray Sabrin, is going to be with us. The The boycott is hurting our fellow Missourians. I'm just giving you the other side of this. You, you got upset. They, you know, they gave Dylan Mulvaney cred that he doesn't deserve because he's mentally off balance and they're endorsing that. And when you boycotted Anheuser-Busch and Bud uh, Budweiser in particular, Bud Light, you hurt people who work there, people who live in St. Louis and, and across the state of Missouri. Is it time to let up because these people are, you know, they're not responsible for the decision. They didn't make it happen. They just work there. They uh, bottle the beer and, and transport it and, and brew it. They're not the executives, but they're being hurt. Is that reason to change? You know, that's part of what the UFC said uh, when they accepted the deal with Anheuser-Busch. And it is true. We boycotted, uh, you know, the the Bud Light uh, franchise, and who got hurt? Bud Light salesmen got hurt. People who bottle the beer, people who brew the beer. Are we hurting the wrong people? Is this, was this the right tactic? 874-9390-800-529-5572. I think we wanted to send a message. I think we wanted to send a message to management. But we hit a lot more people than just the folks in management. Uh, Brandon says, uh, next we should ban eating in the car, singing in the car, having large screens for GPS, because you may take your eyes off the road. Yeah. That's that's going back to a, a topic earlier about uh, this not uh, being able to hold on to any electronic device while you're driving. Stupid and unnecessary law. I don't care how sad and terrible the... the, the uh, the, the story of its origins, and I do agree that it is, you don't get to punish people who haven't harmed anybody. Uh, let's go to the phones, and it is Mark in Boonville. Hey, Mark, good morning. What do you think? 
Hey, Gary. Well, I'll tell you honestly, that's the thing. I, I feel that boycotts are the most effective tool the average American has to be able to avoid this idiotic nonsense of DEI and et cetera from any business being forced or endorsed by them to the American public, whether it be government coercion or tax breaks or whatever. I think there is no such thing as enough punishment in this consideration. I want to make sure and let everybody know, including every listener, keep at it. No matter what, don't let up. Make sure that this is a resounding message to every other business that if you push this nonsense, we will never buy your junk again. We don't want to be enforced against our will the things that we find abhorrent and unacceptable. And I think if every business looks at this and goes, no, we saw what happened to them, they'll never do it themselves. And that's what we need to start putting our foot down about. So this is the price. The, this is the price the guys on the line have to pay for the management uh, for the mismanagement decisions at the top. Well, that's the thing. That's the pleasure about the right to work. You can find somewhere else to work. You can find somewhere else that they don't have this kind of mindset in the management. And that's the thing. You know, when you're the employee, it's kind of quote unquote buyer beware. Avoid who your employer is. If you don't line up with their, you know, certain ethics. And I think in this case, you're going to find a lot more businesses willing to give everyone their ability to have what they need, what they want, what they desire, and keep the peace with the respect to whether or not they need to stay out of political situations or social situations or what. Your bottom line as a business should be to your shareholders, your stockholders, the people that have invested in your company, including your employees. And if you do something like this, you're the ones that are going to be damaged, and the employees should see it and say, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to find a better employer. All right. Mark, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Ray, good morning. What do you think? Good morning. I think you're in a conundrum here, Gary. Um, You're consistently preaching of um, free market. And this is how the free market works. If you do something that your customers don't like, then they don't they don't support your product. If you're a restaurant and you make bad food or have poor service, your customers don't come back. I agree. And that's what that's what Bud that's what Anheuser Busch did is they pissed off their customers and they're not coming back. And everybody uh, all has I'm, all I'm telling you what the UFC said, and there is a certain amount of logic to it that the people who are getting hurt are the little guys, the guy that works the line, the guy that. Make sure the bottle machine is sterilizing the bottles or the guy that loads the truck uh, or puts the beer on, on uh, in, in the kegs. Those are the guys getting hurt. It's uh, the same thing as a restaurant that has poor service or bad food. It's not the owner of the restaurant. Well, ultimately, they get hurt as well. But it's the dishwasher and the waitresses and the cooks. They get hurt also with the lack of business. You can't, you can't do everything just because the, the little guy needs, it, needs you know, to keep its job. They can go work somewhere else. All right. That's, uh, that's, or start their own company would be <laughs> ideal. They're, they're not politically correct. No DEI company. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, thank, <laughs> thank you. you glad, glad to have you. I think you're in Nolan show. Brian, I just thought of something. Maybe we could come up with a, a list of companies that reject DEI. Did kind we like do a that reference. Before? No, we, we did the opposite. We found woke companies. We, yeah, you're right. We have not looked that up.
Yeah. We maybe we should come up with a list. We could put it up at GaryNolan.com and these are these are the not woke companies. The companies that reject DEI and stay out of politics. They just make a product and, and brag about its qualities. Really, it should be a lesson to every manufacturer what's happened to, to Anheuser-Busch. Roy, good morning. Good morning. Everybody's making this much too complicated. The best defense is a good, strong offense, and the best offense is to spend your money as best as you can. Uh, That's it. I can spend my money really, really well. Yeah, and it'd be even better if the government didn't take half of it and throw it in the toilet. So, yeah, but what does that have to do with Anheuser Busch and the boycott for uh, Bud Light? Very little, but boycotts. If you want to participate in a boycott, fine. If you want, but oh. Well, all I'm asking, and, and I'm just repeating what uh, the UFC said. Uh, that uh, by boycotting uh, Bud Light, you're hurting the little guy. Well, the people that hurt the little guy were the management at Bud Light. Well, should we call off the dogs now, or do we keep doing this? You should let your dog buy the beer that he likes best and (laughs) solve it that way. I will never drink a Bud Light because of what it tastes like. Uh, I'm good with that. I don't. I don't like the taste of beer at all. So, <laughs> really, not used to make really, funny commercials. Then I made one bad commercial. I don't have a pardon the expression dog in the fight here. Roy, thank there you. you. Go. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's see here. I think we need a constitutional amendment, which in effect requires a legislature or appropriate regulatory agency to get rid of at least two existing laws or regulations for each new law enacted. There also needs to be a specific time limit on how long it takes to get rid of the old laws. Well, it would be a step in the right direction, but you could do it like almost overnight. Just say, we will not write or honor any law that was designed to protect you from your own behavior. Pink. Tunnel laws go away. All right, uh, coming up, Professor uh, uh, Emeritus uh, Murray Sabrin is going to be with us, Ramapo College. Uh, He, uh, of course, understands economics like nobody else. The real cost of foreign aid to Ukraine, Israel, and other protectorates of the United States. Uh, The Mises Circle is going to be meeting in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, November 4th. He is going to be one of the speakers. If you're down there or get down there, you'll want to hear it. Professor Sabrin is next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 